Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. I am your host, Nancy Hugo. Well, if you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. Today, by the way, is April 16th, and I should say 2023, I always forget the year. And our guest, as I said last week, is Louis Delaware. Louis is the president and founder of Living in Place Institute. You're probably saying, okay, what is that? Well, that's why we're here. Louis, thank you so much for joining me. Nancy, it's a pleasure being here with you today. Well, I'm sure people are going, okay, so what is that? So I want you to explain exactly what is living in place. Well, we all know what aging in place is all about. Usually it's a demographic that's like 65 plus. But the thing is, is that things can happen to anybody at any age, whether it's a child that's born uh, with special needs or on the spectrum, or those individuals may have either a temporary or permanent setback because of a, an injury or medical condition. And so the real issue here is to be able to address the entire spectrum of ages, from someone out of the crib to someone who is more or less, the they had a wonderful life, but the party's nearly over. You know, I've heard that expression, but it sounds terrible, from crib to grave. You know, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. Realistically, that's what it is. So you cover child safety in the home, which, you know, I'm in, as I said last week, I'm uh, almost done taking your course. It's uh, 16 hours and I've got two more classes to go. So I've learned a lot. Now, um, child safety, I never even thought about that. I thought, you know, every parent knows what to do to keep their child safe, but apparently not. What have you seen? Well, unfortunately, you know, dealing with, with child safety, I sometimes get involved in cases where the child has gotten hurt badly. Um, and so the things I typically see are, you know, especially this time of year where people start opening their windows up because it's nice and warm out, um, a child falling out of a, a window through a screen or tumbling down a flight of stairs or having a piece of furniture or TV fall on them. All these are preventable. Uh, and obviously, we're all aware about, you know, kids putting things into electrical outlets or grabbing something out of a drawer that may be unsafe for them. And so those are things that people already understand. It's the things that really can make a, a really bad circumstance uh, they sometimes forget about or they don't believe it's ever going to happen to their child. Yeah. Well, in Arizona, and I'm sure it happens in other states, right around this time starts about May there are more child drownings than I even hate to admit. It's terrible. It's heartbreaking. It's just gut-wrenching because there are times that I've heard in the news that two kids will fall in the pool together and they both either come out with uh, physical challenges or they pass. So I, I guess it's, it's obvious if you're going to have a pool and you have children, you've got to do something, right? I know around here, one of the codes is you've got to have the doorknob higher than normal so that kids don't reach it. And in several cases, I've heard of kids going through the doggy door. I mean, that's an obvious thing, don't you think? Well, yeah. And in essence, what really should be done if we're, you know, for pool safety is to be able to have a pool fence around the, 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 the pool area that basically has a self-closing, self-latching door that can also be locked by key, but not made out of something that a child can climb over. Typically what's recommended is a plastic mesh that's like five feet tall 
Um, it's very difficult for a child to be able to climb over something like that. But, you know, it's only as good as what the parents do, and that is making certain that that door shuts after every time it opens. Yes. For uh, you people out there who have little kids, and I've even heard of some adults drowning. So once you have a pool, you've got a whole list of uh, things to be careful of and be sure that that it's more safe than I mean, what you can possibly think of. Um, I would imagine that getting somebody to help um, point out the things that aren't safe in the home or around the pool would be advantageous to the homeowner. Well, let's get on with the other people. I mean, kids can get in trouble, but what about, uh, what do you do for um, the normal 45-year-old? Well, you know, again, I, I look at it from the standpoint that whatever we're going to talk about is going to help everybody out, not just right. somebody who has a, a certain situation. One of the things, well, let's 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 cut to the chase in regards to what happened to me. I, about a year and a quarter ago, my house went up in flames in a major wildfire. And so now I get to do what I call practice what I teach. Um, our home is being designed as a living in place institute idea home. And in it, it's basically having hundreds of features in it that may not be so apparent to people until they start using the home. For example, most outlets are like 15 inches off the floor which can make it a real challenge for somebody who is um, in a wheelchair or a walker or has limited uh, ability to be able to bend over to be able to, what we specify is put those outlets at least 24 inches off the floor. Now it makes it easy for anybody uh, to be able to plug uh, a cord into that. Um, and then doing other things like raising the dishwasher, okay? Because the only person that's really qualified to lift and close the dishwasher is a toddler because that door is about six inches off the floor. And again, somebody who's using a, a walker, many times what I find myself doing is I use my foot to lift the door up to be able to swing it shut, okay? But somebody in a walker is like, nope, I'm leaving my two feet planted on the floor. So raising that dishwasher up will make a big difference for everybody because now you can have your child or grandchild help unload the dishwasher and put it into a drawer next to it where the drawer, the, the dishes are stored. Instead of putting them above your, your shoulders, now they're conveniently located for everybody to be able to access. Mm -hmm. So the, the list goes on and on as to, yeah, putting in grab bars, but not necessarily the ones that look like grab bars out of a hospital or rehab center, using ones that match the decor of the room so that it blends in. Um, and it's really surprising how often one would see, say, a child, you put a grab bar in, a child going into a shower, they'll probably still grab that because, again, it's like using a handrail going down a staircase. You just innately think, okay, it's there for my help. Okay, I'm going to grab onto it. But the yeah. list goes on and on as to the features one should be including into a home. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this several times, but I did a shower for an older couple and the husband was sitting on a chair and he really had a hard time getting off the chair. So I suggested a grab bar in the shower and the wife said, Oh no, I don't want my shower to look like a hospital. I said, your husband can't even get off a chair right now. How is he going to get off a seat in the shower? And she didn't want to have any part of it. But like you said before, the grab bars, we call them balance bars. They come in different um, materials, different colors. They certainly don't look like there's something out of a hospital. I wish people would give into the fact that even if you're 20, you can break your leg, you can have a bad back, and you do need a grab bar or several in the shower. 
right? Exactly. Again, the whole intention there is everybody can slip and fall in the the shower, but but everybody, a lot of people may need that extra support to be able to balance themselves in that shower. If they're starting to get a little bit dizzy, it's like it's there to be able to support you. Yeah. Well, we don't have time to go over everything, but um, what about the the walkways uh, in a house or the doorways? Um, I'm in a situation where my husband was in a wheelchair and to get in the bathroom, which was um, 28 inches wide, there was no way he was going to get in there. And I kept, I was asking a contractor, I think the building, um, oh, well, actually, I guess it's the uh, building association. They should just say doorways have to be 36. Uh, now, the funny thing is you go into a retirement area all the doorways are narrow. What were they thinking? It's, I'd like to call it the state of denial, that people may never need to use those sort of doorways to get through things. Yeah, I agree with you. Doors should be 36 inches wide. Um, the, and passageways should probably be 42 inches wide. That to be able, allow you to be able to make that turn with a wheelchair so you don't have to just keep bumping into the wall that's next to you as you're trying to turn into that room. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in regards to making it so that it's appropriate for a wheelchair or somebody who's maybe not even a wheelchair user. But if they if they end up falling against that door, okay, that door usually swings in to the room. If they fall against it, nobody's going to be able to easily and quickly come to that person's aid and rescue. You're going to have to probably wait for the fire department to get there to actually cut the door off. But again, I, I my old home, it was 24-inch doors going into the powder room, into the master bath uh, to, uh, toilet room. It was terrible. Okay, Now we're designing it to be 36 inches. All the doors, all the passageway doors in our house are at least 36 inches wide. I think all houses, especially new construction, don't even start unless you're going to have a wider door. Now, talking about uh, your 24-inch door, what about the people who are extremely overweight? They have another set of problems, which I'm sure you living in place uh, can address. Yeah, we do. We do get into it. We, you know, basically we call them individuals of size. Um, I don't like to call them obese or anything like that. It's just a person size because it could be a former football player that his playing weight was 350 pounds. Now he may have a lot less body fat than somebody else who is a lot shorter, but nonetheless, it's, you need to be careful with regards to selecting appropriate goods for those people because those products that you're installing that may be safety oriented need to be more robust and, uh, and installed in a, in an even more robust manner. Because again, if they're falling, they're going to impart more, much more force on that grab bar than, say, a normal individual would. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take a minute to talk about Monogram, who um, has a smart app, and that will connect to smart appliances, and you can actually control your appliances with this app. Or you don't have to if you're just not into using your phone in the kitchen or to control a lot of stuff. You can still use your smart appliances. But one thing I learned is that if you have a smart oven, the um, company actually updates the recipes without you even knowing it. So it helps you cook. So that's important. And by the way, you should set your appliances 
at a level where it's convenient. Everybody knows that I'm not the tallest person in the world. So the things that I need in a kitchen are at a different level than most people. So if you want to learn more about Monogram, just go to monogram.com and you can visit the uh, their show or their website is going to show the new items that they have introduced in the kitchen and bath show. Oh, two months ago, I think it was. So uh, be sure to check on their website before you buy appliances. So, Louie, back to the more important things, although appliances are very important, and we do talk about that in the uh, classes that I am taking, right? Well, yeah, from, from you know, one of the things you brought up in regards to the smart act aspect of appliances now, you not only for the person who can actually easily get to the, the oven to turn it on, to preheat it, but for somebody else who might be a more of a challenge for them to do so, remotely be able to say oven turn on to 350 degrees convection and then for to let me know when that oven is ready it's preheated so now i can put whatever i'm cooking in there i don't have to keep going back and forth to the oven to find out you know turn it on is it there yet oh no, not there yet i know i'm now control it's helping me control my environment yeah, it also helps if you have a bad back and you try to eliminate getting up and down so much. So that sure. would help. Yeah. yeah. And also, and which I thought was interesting, is the microwave that is set up for people with a uh, visual challenge. So it's voice activated. You know, yeah. And there's also other microwaves out there that actually will read the barcode yeah. off, of your, off of your package if you've got a, you know, a frozen dinner. It'll read that barcode, and then it will program the microwave for you based upon the power output that it has, because we all know the different different models of microwaves have different output power, and it will basically set it up correctly for you, and all you have to do is put it in the oven and then just say, start. Yeah. You know, people don't realize the challenges that a lot of people have until they're in that situation or they know somebody in that situation. But um, it's very helpful to know in advance that you have a safe house, just in well, case. You, know, you, you bring up an interesting thing, and I always say that we all know somebody, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a relative, a friend, or even yourself that may have a specific challenge. And we all, we all, you know, I had challenges with both my parents you know the last two years of my dad's life he probably should have been in assisted living uh, my mom after my dad passed away she started having even more declining uh cognitive capabilities um and it's you know it's unfortunate to see those sort of things happen but we all have those stories oh i have a lot of stories I wanted to help people, so I started um, advertising that I would make their bathroom uh, safe. And I got a couple of calls from people, their mothers were living with them, and one lady said, oh, I don't want you to spend money, honey, on grab bars, because I'll be dead soon, so why should you do that? And I thought, oh, my God, anybody can use a grab bar. So people have to realize that the home is probably the most unsafe place. Because they spend more time here, right? Well, definitely you're going into the bathroom. The bathroom is a place that's going to be most prone for falls, whether, you know, somebody breaking a bone or worse yet, having a head injury. Because head injuries take a lot longer to heal than any sort of bone injury. Both aren't good. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But I, I really hate to see somebody who's fallen and hit a hard floor or 
a countertop or a toilet. Yeah, I know. So if people are listening to us and wondering, okay, so now what? Can can I take your course? So who can take your course? Well, basically anybody can take the course. I mean, we've had private individuals who've taken the program to be able to help design their home appropriately because they recognize they want to be in that home as long as possible. But it really what it's geared towards are designers, that being architects, kitchen and bath designers, interior designers, to construction uh, professionals, whether they're a developer, builder, general contractor, or somebody who specializes in home modifications, to especially medical professionals, whether they be occupational physical therapists. This program is designed for all of those professions to be able to help them better understand what they should be doing to be able to help their clients. I think that's a good thing. If So if anybody's building a house, especially, well, that's for anybody, any age. If you um, have little kids or if you have parents that visit you and eventually think they're going to move in with you, you should take the precautions now instead of waiting until after the house is built and you need something like a grab bar today. It's not going to happen. But uh, trying to um, be ahead of the problem is um, probably the best thing. Well, you bring up the issue about new construction. And, you know, the things that we're doing in regards to our build, we wouldn't be able to do after the house was done. For example, we're, there are no steps going into the house, okay, which is really kind of a foreign concept for most residential homes, okay? And, and so a wheelchair can easily roll up into our house, but at the same time, somebody who's delivering appliances or tile or, or drywall or furniture it's a straight shot into the house without having to go over multiple steps. But you couldn't do that after the house is finished because the only way to do that is to lower the house down. Uh, you know, the same goes for trying to build build in appropriate provisions for, say, an elevator. If you, you know, eventually you needed an elevator, it's hard to be able to do that as an afterthought because you've got, you're going through floor after floor. You're going from basement to second floor. You have to build the, the that capacity in to begin with, well, but the every, list goes on and on. I mean, it's, okay, it's, yeah. yes, you can, my preference is to go with a curbless shower and yes, you can do those after as a remodel sort of thing it becomes a bit more difficult doing that afterwards, but you can do it. The nice thing about a curbless shower is there's nothing in your way to get in there, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, somebody walking in or somebody who has to roll in in a shower chair, not a wheelchair, but a shower chair that's designed to go into a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know like curb showers, the thing about those is that that curb over time sometimes ends up getting rotted because it wasn't constructed all that well. But nonetheless, you know, the bathroom is full of all sorts of slip and fall issues. And the, one of the other things is to put in a floor outside the shower or even including inside the shower that has a relatively high level of what's called the dynamic coefficient of friction that ba- basically helping minimize that slip possibility that ends up turning into a fall. So there's a lot of great flooring out there that indeed do have relatively high levels of uh, the uh, coefficient of friction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list goes on and on. I mean, if somebody, you know, if you're, you may be prone to having diabetes or to already have it, what may end up happening is that you, a lot of those people end up having what's called peripheral neuropathy, where the nerves at their extremities, whether hands or more importantly, their feet, can't sense properly. Their their nerves are, are unfortunately been uh, 
damaged. And what ends up happening for those people if they step onto a cool tile floor, like here in Colorado where I live, um, it basically with their bare feet, their feet think that they're stepping onto broken glass. Okay, It sends them into overdrive. And so having a heated floor will make a huge difference for those people. Yes, for a lot of people, it's a nice luxury. But for some people, it's a necessity. Yeah. There's a lot of, I'm sure in Colorado too, there's a lot of homes where the builders never even thought of what could be. I mean, it all comes down to money. I remodeled a house a um, few years ago where the it looked like a nice house, but she couldn't get furniture into the house. She had to go to the neighbor behind her and they had to take the couch and put it over the fence through the Arcadia oh. door. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then... Couple of years. Well, I didn't do the couch. She told me this is what happens. Well, we had a pantry that had to be done the same way. You have to knock on the neighbor's door and say, "Can I use your yard?" Go through with the cabinetry over the fence into the Arcadia door. And so, I think before people buy a home or have it built, they should really check all these things. Make sure that they can get the furniture in the house. Make sure that it's it's accessible for wheelchairs. You never know. Um, and, and all the other things that we cover in uh, living in place, right? Yep, absolutely. And another feature that's going into our home are all the, win all the operable windows are casement windows. And the reason for that is the mechanism to crank it along with the, la the locking mechanism are all easy for somebody to be able to reach. Most like, say, a, a double hung or single hung window, that lock mechanism may be up here where it may up above their shoulder and it may not be comfortable for that person to be able to reach that, let alone if you have a sliding window where it has two locks, then it may be out of the reach for a short person. And so if it gets locked, it's like now I'm having to go grab a step stool or a chair, which may not be the right thing for that person to be in. Mm. Well, talking about short people, um, so you say in the uh, classes that everything should be between your knees and your nose. And mm -hmm. I have a real problem reaching anything. And so, of course, my first thing is to grab a ladder or a step stool, mostly times a chair. And I know I shouldn't do that because then there's the possibility of falling and breaking something. So when you set up your kitchen, a lot of times when I design kitchens, um, whether they're extra tall or they're petite, you know, everything has to be done based on your needs. And that's what you teach. Well, one of the things that, that I really firmly believe in is for everything underneath the counter, with the exception of the cabinet for a sink, that should be all drawers. Okay. And the reason for that is it's so much easier just to be able to pull a drawer out to be able to get to what you're looking for. Instead of, yes, you can put the slide out baskets and the like inside the cabinet, but it's another item you have to deal with. Okay. Mm -hmm. With having full extension drawers, which a lot of manufacturers, cabinet manufacturers deal with today, it brings that drawer out to your out to you to be able to see it with adequate lighting from above. Uh, oh. And so I really firmly believe in that's the best way to go. Well, when you think about it, I did, um, I think I did a podcast on this. You can have your dishwasher in a drawer, your microwave in a drawer, refrigerators in a drawer. Um, besides all of your glasses, dishware, food, you really don't need anything but drawers. I can't think of anything that, uh, well, an oven, but you can actually put an oven at eye level 
And you can, even then, you can have a French door oven, so that's very helpful. Um, but it's not a drawer, obviously. But I want to talk about Studio 41. We got to do that, Louie. Studio 41 is, uh, they've got 13 showrooms in Illinois. They are the quintessential plumbing uh, showroom. They also in Chicago, well, the areas of Chicago, all in Illinois, they carry windows and tiles in addition to cabinetry cabinetry hardware and all of your plumbing needs and they are Kohler showrooms luckily I have one in Scottsdale and that's the one that I go to all the time specify all of my needs for my clients so if you're interested in what they have and believe me they've got a lot go to shopstudio41.com and that's shopstudio the number 41.com check it out and you can always call them see if you can shop online I think that's a great idea so you mentioned you mentioned Kohler. Um, there are a number of manufacturers that make another item that I really recommend for everybody, and that's the day seats. Okay, and and for somebody who has difficulty dealing with doing their own toileting hygiene, for whatever reason that may be, uh, it's a it's a big change for them. The arts to be able to have that there to be able to make certain that. They don't get urinary tract infections, especially for women. If they found that, excuse me, anecdotally, they can prevent 70 to 80% of the UTIs that happen to, to women, which mm -hmm. is an unfortunate constant for some, a constant recurring sort of event, which, you know, it's a it's an unfortunate sort of circle. If you've got a UTI, your balance is upset. If you're taking preventative medications to be able to help prevent that from happening, that's also affecting your balance. So one way or the other, it's not a good thing for you. But nonetheless, it also can help people who have difficulties in regards to, say, having hemorrhoids or other, other sort of circumstances, because using toilet paper on those sort of things can hurt, whereas a nice stream of warm water, it's by far more pleasurable and it will actually do a better job. Yeah. Did you know that during the toilet paper shortage when COVID started, um, the bidet seats just exploded in sales. Everybody thought, hey, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they're continuing to specify them. Remember the days when everybody thought, okay, I'll have a toilet and a bidet next to it. And I used to do a lot of large homes in those days. And of course, that area had to be twice the size. You had to have room for a uh, standing bidet and then the toilet. Now you can combine them. All you need is an outlet and you can do an aftermarket uh, bidet, or you can get the all-in-one. So I think they're the greatest thing. But also, Lou, you were talking about wall-hung toilets, another idea that is fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the idea of wall-hung toilet because, again, sometimes bathroom space is really precious. And to be able to put a, a toilet on the wall, there's two benefits there. One is you're getting the tank is actually in the wall. Uh, and it's actually easily serviced by a plumber and the like if they need to do something there. But the other the thing there is I'm taking up, you know, the tank will take up 10 to 12 inches of space in that room. The other is something that most people never, ever, ever do. And that is to be able to clean behind the base of the toilet. Okay. It's difficult to get at. You have to get down on your hands and knees to do it. And it's a yucky job. Well, you know okay? that rule, if you can't see it, you don't have to clean it. Well, yes, okay, out of sight, out of mind. I get it. 
I'm just kidding. That is a, a place to breed bacteria and and the like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what else can we uh, tell people about uh, a certification if they're interested? How do they go about that? Well, they can go to the our website, which is livinginplace.institute, uh, and they can register there for it. Um, and the other thing is, is that we do offer these monthly community forums that anybody can, can attend. These typically will have two of our manufacturing partners come in and talk about the products that they have that, that include features that make living in place more realistic for those people. Um, and you can register for those on our website as well. There's going to be a series of, as we call them, master classes. These are advanced classes that go into a given topic, say, smart technology, because that's changing so swiftly in regards to what you can do in your home to basically make the home, again, work more for you than the other way around. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. familiar with smart doorbells to be able to say, okay, who, I can see who's at the door. It's like, leave the package there or wait, okay, I'm going to unlock the front door so you can come in sort of thing. To be able to make, I like to be able to think of it as, as basically extending that person's stamina from both the physical and cognitive standpoint. Yeah. Well, um, other than if you live in Arizona, then you can call me if you want to have uh, uh, your bathrooms or kitchens or the rest of the house um, looked at and made more safe. But if they live in, not Colorado, because that's where you live, but say they live in Florida or Alaska or Hawaii or Maine, how do they find somebody who knows how to uh, follow these rules that you've set up? Well, we're in the process of updating our website to be able to include search options to be able to find people in a given, say, uh, radius of where you live. Um, but in the meantime, until that's live, you can always email me at louis at livinginplace.institute and say, I live in Evanston, Illinois, my hometown uh, that I lived, grew up in for years. Uh, and I'd like to find somebody who can help me redesign my bathroom or my kitchen, and I'll be glad to share with you p- names of people in that area. Are you in Europe as well? Well, we're international, yes, definitely. There's a lot of people from Canada who've taken our program. There, There's a, a prob- quite a number of people who've taken it from Europe, from Greece to Italy to to uh, Ireland to Germany. Isn't um, Europe, know, like, uh, Europe is the home of the bidet, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it is, but the bidet seat is the home is from Japan. Oh, it was originally came, came up with in Japan. Yeah. So I don't really like the idea of a bidet, standalone bidet. It takes more space. Oh, but the I other is that awkward yeah. shuffle from the toilet over to the bidet and then having to wait for that bidet water yeah. to get to a nice, comfortable temperature. Yes, but I was actually um, not talking about this, the freestanding bidet because that's gone. That's, you know, out of sight, out of mind of like we said before, but nobody ever specifies that. They're all going for the all-in-one or the aftermarket, but the all-in-one is is a, a pure luxury toilet. You know, people laugh. They can do just about anything you can think of except take your um, heart rate, I think. Or maybe they can. I don't know. Never know what might happen <laughs> happening down the road. And never know. But anyway, well, do you have any last-minute words of wisdom? Well, again... Don't wait till it's too late to be able to make basically, you know, be emphatic with your clients to be able to say, I always put an outlet next to the toilet. Okay. Not only for that bidet seat, but you may need a nightlight there. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
or other things that may come down the road. We just talked about possibly being able to monitor physiological capabilities or characteristics, rather, while you're on the toilet. You yeah. never know. And yeah. so always put that outlet there. I mean, you know, always say, I do curbless showers because it makes sense for everybody. And yeah. they look great Yeah, with a linear, with a linear drain. Just about everybody has an aging parent, or if their aging parent passed, then they are the aging parent. Uh, yep. Right? So yeah. I want to thank you so much for um, doing this podcast and explaining to people what it's all about. I think it's an important thing. I'm always preaching to my clients about what they should do to make it safe. So, you know, I'm right behind you, Louie. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank, well, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Been a pleasure being with you today. Well, thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen. You know, I am on 28 platforms. You can find me anywhere. And don't forget to share them with your friends. Like we said, everybody knows somebody that's going to need what we were just talking about. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Louie, if you didn't get his uh, his email, it's Louie at Living, what is it? Louie, L-O-U-I-E, Living in Place Institute. So it's Louie, L-O-U-I-E, at livinginplace.institute. Not .com, .institute. And I'm nancyhugo.com. If you have any questions, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So I want you guys all to have a safe day and come back and listen next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Louie. Okay. I just want to say one thing. You were talking about the tub with the door and uh-huh. Eric, Eric, who, you know, I know, and he's talking about all the negative things about which it's negative, but you didn't talk about the poor person has to sit on the seat while the water runs out. Uh, well, it, I, I really don't espouse the use of a walk-in bathtub. Oh, that's terrible because I had a friend who asked me about it and I did the research and now they've added a heated seat, but that certainly isn't going to help. And the person who is maybe fidgety, they want to open the door while the water's uh, going down, draining, and they Uh can't, so maybe they'll get all in. Anyway, that's a terrible product. Well, again, there's so many reasons why I don't like walk-in bathtubs. I didn't want to get into too much of the negative sort of things during our discussion, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's a reason why in an assisted living facility that if you want to take a bath in one of those, you have to be supervised by one of the staff members because oh, yeah. what will end up happening is you'll, that person may end up getting impatient and they'll try crawling over the top of the right. bathtub. Right. And we know the circumstance, the circumstance of that's not going to be yeah. good. It's a marketing they, thing. They make it look so beautiful, so easy to use. Um, everybody should have one and it's terrible. I'm running out of time. Sorry about that. But uh, we'll do this again. Okay. Very good, Nancy. Okay. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Louie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.